Welcome to The Common Rounds. Medical education for medical students by medical students. And today we're going to move on to the reticular formation mm-hmm. found in the brainstem. And there are, yeah, so we've alluded to a number of times and there are key pathways that emerge from the reticular formation. Mm-hmm. We're going to be looking at some anatomical structures, but also some neurotransmitter systems that you guys might encounter through, re- through reading. Mm-hmm. Now the reticular formation is not the best, not an area of the brain that's fully understood. So just bear with us. We're going to try to explain as best as we can. I think this is going to be a fairly short yep. talk because mm-hmm. it kind of reflects, um, firstly, probably our lack of understanding, but also the, <laughs> you know, the the fact that it's a novel area of research as well. Well said. Broadly speaking, what are some of the key things that the reticular formation is involved with? So it's greatly involved in respiratory and cardiovascular control. It's also involved in arousal, your sleep and awake cycles. Mm-hmm. It controls your gait, and mm-hmm. then there's also autonomic functions that's yep, involved. That's in right. Well. So with the gait control, we kind of alluded to it already, but that's sort of the reticulospinal pathways, yep. as well as you know yep. from autonomic and pain pathways as well, which we'll talk about. Yeah. It receives inputs from both the spinal cord mm-hmm. as well as the um, the brain, and it receives lots of inputs. And also, it's the fact that it makes this area so confusing is that it also has lots of outputs as well. Um, I think over a hundred thousand postsynaptic cells or something ridiculous yeah. for um, a very tiny part of the brain, region of the brain. Anatomically, you can divide it into a number of regions as well. So the median, paramedian, and lateral. Do you want to just briefly go through those? Okay. There are three distinct groups of cells that are located, and you can see that each one of them has a different type of um, function to it. So with the median or the raphe group, they, they have a serotonergic function, whereas with the paramedian region, they can be either divided into a magnocellular, which is in the rostral region, or a gigantocellular, which is in the caudal region. Yeah. Um, they have, they're more concerned with, I think, motor functions, is that correct? Um, I don't think um, these are directly involved with the motor functions. They, okay. uh, I think, play um, a different sort of functions, but some of these are involved with motor function. And I think what's confusing, I don't think the magnocellular layers, which we've talked about in the, let's say, the ones that come out of the um, red nucleus, for example, they're not the same regions. Mm-hmm. They just are given the same name, but they mean different things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in anatomy, there are double ups of names. Actually, mm-hmm. I, Andy, I just realized I mentioned that these cells sign up to 100,000 cells, but actually what I'm, I meant to say is that one of these cells can sign up to over 100,000 cells, just highlighting the magnitude of mm-hmm. how much influence these guys have over the brain. Got it. Now, as you mentioned, there are the paramedian, median raphae, which sort of mentioned the, the raphe nucleus already, which is important for pain modulation. Mm-hmm. But there are also ways of describing these pathways looking at the neurotransmitter. So you have the serotonergic system. Mm-hmm. What's serotonergic system mainly involved with? Well, it's mainly involved in um, regulation of mood mm-hmm. and appetite. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And also you have uh, the midbrain cells of the reticular formation that are in the serotonergic pathways. They mainly communicate with the cortex and the thalamus, so mm-hmm. they can then project upwards into the brain. Mm-hmm. The pontine cells mainly affect the cerebellum mm-hmm. um, and part of the brainstem as well. And the medullary cells are the ones that project back into the spinal, cer- uh, spinal cord. And I think these are the guys that are involved with modulation of pain mm-hmm. um, in the serotonergic system. What about the dopaminergic system as well? We've kind of alluded to some of the structures already. Yeah. So the dopamine, um, dopaminergic system mainly arise either in the substantia nigra, and that would be the pars compacta region, or the ventral tegmental nucleus. Yeah. And there's various dopamine pathways in the brain, but mainly with the dopaminergic cells, um, they they regulate input into the basal ganglia or the striatum through the um, pars compacta mm-hmm. pathway, or the ventral tegmental nucleus projects into the frontal lobe, the limbic system, and that's why dopamine has a bit of a role in like... Um, 
urge control and like ex- overly excited dopaminergic system can lead to gambling problems. Exactly, yeah. Um, and I think it's an important, important part of the limbic system and part of the reward system as well within, yeah. the, within the body as well. Mm. And so when you give dopaminergic uh, drugs, like you said, mm. some of the inhibition and um, in- inhibitory effects of it is lost. So people take up gambling and that's, you know, there's been legal lawsuits as a consequence of that um and also a lot of our psycho uh, um sort of uh, cocaine and and some of those drugs that people you know people take mm. can actually work on this pathway as well in addition to that there's also the noradrenergic system so if you're from okay. the um the u.s that would be the nor um norepinephrine equivalent yeah. so mm. we call it noradrenergic in australia um mm. and where what is the key nucleus in the brain that's important for that in the brain it would be the locus ceruleus mm-hmm. and that's mainly where the noradrenergic fibers um are located mm-hmm. predominantly in the brain. Yeah. Mm. When I first learned about the the brain, I thought it was all, all noradrenaline or norepinephrine. Mm. But actually, there are small groups of adrenergic fibers as well, which can, in the pons communicate to the cerebellum and in the medulla go to the spinal cord. Okay. And, I'll, you know, so there are still some adrenergic cells, so cells that produce adrenaline, or if you're from um, uh, the US, epinephrine. Mm. I thought epinephrine was predominantly uh, the domain of the adrenal gland yeah but it's actually not it's actually produ- a little bit of it it's produced in the brain okay and the noradrenergic system as a whole is important for mood so some of our antidepressants target this pathway yeah. but it's also important for learning new tasks and also um a responsiveness of cortical cells um uh, and so thereby affecting potentially the connections they make and processing of information as well mm. let's quickly finish well, off i think it also has something to do with also like the arousal and sleep, sleep yes. cycles as well yeah it does exactly because mm. if you get Imagine if you get scared, you're suddenly awake, yeah. even though you were dozing off or being drowsy. True. Um, that's a good point. Yeah. Let's quickly finish up by talking about the cholinergic system. Okay. There are some key nuclei that are important associated, mm-hmm. associated with the cholinergic system. What are they, Andy? They kind of originate from the septal region, septal nuclei region, as also some basal forebrain nuclei mm-hmm. as well. I think it also has something to do with the pontomesa. So this is a long name, pontomesencephalotegmental uh, complex, PMT yep. complex in the brainstem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think these guys, this bunch of cells in the brainstem, which are, again, part of the reticular formation, project to the thalamus and regular excitability of these relay cells. So how quickly this, the thalamic, thalamic cells communicate to their um, associated structures as well. Mm-hmm. But what's important is that the cholinergic system, so by the septal nuclear and the basal forebrain, they're really important for formation of memory as well. Mm-hmm. And so in patients with Alzheimer's, um, forebrain degeneration, uh, basal forebrain degeneration is some of the early features that you might come to see. Mm-hmm. So all these systems play different roles. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's a hot area of research, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot more developments in the future. Yeah. That's it for the reticular formation. I think the key take-home message is that there are key systems, serotonergic, dopaminergic, noradrenergic, and cholinergic, mm. and there are diffuse cells which have enormous influence throughout the brain structure. Yep. Yeah, I don't, yeah, that's probably my that, understanding from that. That's the extent yeah. of mine as well. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We're going to um, further delve into the more cranial nerves that we've kind of alluded to already, and hopefully it's going to bring it all together in our future episode. Awesome. Stay tuned. Our episode today was put together by our executive producer Gautam and our co-editor Cindy. For notes, elective experiences, and much more study resources, visit our website on thecommonrounds.wordpress.com or visit us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. If you like our episodes, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It means a lot to us. You've been listening to The Common Rounds. I'm Hamid. And I'm Andy. And we'll see you next time. See you next time.